I don't like that intro. Do you like that intro? I like the intro, but I just laugh at the part where you're like a children of all ages, and I'm like, it's not really suitable for children. Of all no, ages. not at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of 18 years of age or older. <laughs> this is the intro now. <laughs> This is the Alternate Endings Podcast, where we rewrite the endings to famous stories from pop culture. I'm Octopus Caveman, and with me, as always, is my partner in prose, the verbose vixen herself, the lovely, loquacious Tracy Morgan. How are you, Tracy? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Do you like our new intro? love our new intro. I feel like I need to write one next week just so I can give you a few compliments back as well. So No, I didn't write any new ones. You know, we're good. We're just going to ride this till the end. So this week we're talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial. I love E.T. Have you, did you watch it? Because you were saying like last episode you were going to rewatch it. I have an admission to make. Oh! <laughs> I've watched E.T. I rewatched it. I fucking hate E.T. You hate E.T.? I hate it so much. E.T.? Why? What part? The entire movie. It doesn't hold up super well. Really? It it just doesn't. I've never liked it even as a kid. Uh, As a kid, E.T. frightened me. I think he's had a lot of kids. Yeah. And then in revisiting it, I just thought, like, this isn't a great movie. I just, uh, it doesn't seem magical. It's confusing to me that there's rides at, like, Universal Studios. Like, it's it's not a great movie. He's a weird alien. He kind of looks like uh, like a foot and a ball sack were put together <laughs> in the chamber from the fly. You know? He's like a foot ball sack monster. And then I was reading online that he's supposed to be vegetation. Really? I didn't read that. Apparently, E.T. is supposed to be a sexless piece of vegetation in the original script. It's bizarre. He's weird looking to me. And it doesn't doesn't seem very magical to me. Really? Yeah. Because I'd read that he was based on Steven Spielberg's imaginary friend when he was a child. That's where the idea of E.T. had come from. So maybe he just did have a foot in a ball sack for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Or or his imaginary friend was just his, like, old, wrinkled, Jewish (laughs) podiatrist grandfather, you know? Uh, He's he's a bizarre character. And he's become part of this... uh, He's just become part of our lexicon. He's just... You know, he's he's one of these American fables, but it doesn't hold up super well. If you watch it... No, I disagree. I watch it probably at least once a year. But you grew up with it. I'm pretty sure if you put it on in front of uh, a room of eight-year-olds, they'd be like, put on Monsters, Inc. Like, fuck this movie. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But of its time, I mean, we were all terrified of it. I was four. I remember going to the cinema to see this. I had to sit on my dad's knee. Because I got scared part way through. 
and I think I even might have had a little cry, but not for the right reasons, for like all the wrong reasons. Because you know, obviously back then I was terrified. Cause I poor love little, cause I would poor, love little ET friends. He's just crying because poor little Drew Barrymore is an alcoholic. <laughs> She's come out of that. She went through it. <laughs> She was actually in an ending that um, that I did that I'm not going to read out, where basically poor E.T. just goes to the dark side with Drew Barrymore and ends up dying outside the Viper Room. Oh, my. No, the Viper Room. <laughs> but we didn't do that one. <laughs> Thank God you didn't. That would have bummed me out. The biggest grossing film of the 80s, I think. I, I cannot understand it. It's It's a confusing film to me. I don't know why people love it so. Of its time, it surpassed, uh, I think it was, yeah, Star Wars, the highest grossing film of all time at that stage. That's something. Well, and here's what's crazy. When did this film come out? 1982. 1982. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing this film in theaters when I was a child. I was born in 1983. So they were still showing it? Yeah. It was still pulling people in? Yeah. Wow, but that was, that was before the time of video and things like that as well, right. wasn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. So I think it was one of those things where they just kept it going forever. But wow. I, I this was probably the first movie I went to, uh, either this or Gremlins. But I remember going to see E.T. in theaters, and maybe it could have been like a fifth anniversary or some kind of garbage thing or some theater picked it up. But I remember going to see it in theaters and not having a good time. And being terrified of this, like, foot and ball sack monster that tortured this family. He didn't torture them. He kind of brought them together. They were falling apart. That's just the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, I agreed to do this because you love this movie. I do love this movie. Yeah, I just don't see the magic in it the way you do. But, you know, you you do. I've learned, okay, you want to live a happy life? You just make the woman happy, right? So, <laughs> that is the it's alternate right, endings right. podcast <laughs> motto. Make the woman happy. <laughs> All right. So we've written alternate endings. We've gotten a lot of submissions with this great. It's great. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great to see so many people want to be a part of it. So tell us how it really ends, Tracy. Okay. Well, people must have watched ET. First of all, but- do, do Let's let's go let's go back a bit. Does Anne die in King Kong? Do you know for sure yet? No, or... she doesn't die. She gets put down. She does. You know this for she sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm pretty... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll just edit that out. <laughs> but you know for sure who lives and who dies in ET, right? Nobody dies at this stage anyway. <laughs> All right, maybe in the real ending. <laughs> All right, let's have the real ending. Okay, well, people must have seen E.T. So people know that he's, a, he's an alien. He's stranded on planet Earth. Elliot finds him, takes him under his wing, takes him home. They try and hide him from his mum and the government. <laughs> I love the way it has to be your mum and the government. So, um, And basically, they try and find a way of getting him home because E.T. really wants to go home. And so they kind of teach him bits and they look after him and... Um, eventually they manage to uh, build some contraption where they can uh, communicate with the mothership. And But before then, the government clock on and realise that their ET's around. So um, they come and they try and take him and do medical tests on him. And ET kind of dies. 
And to be honest, I was like, what does E.T. die of? Because everyone's going because he wants to go home, and it's not. It's not because he wants to go home, I'm sure of it, because Elliot manages to come and touch his heart, and he starts again. So Elliot Elliot kind of revives him. Very confusing. He doesn't... Homesickness? Does that kill alien plant life foot testicle monsters? Apparently, or what looks more like to me is depression. Like, have you ever, like, that feeling of depression where the whole life gets sucked out of you because his colour goes, he just lies there, he can't do a thing, and it's like, whoa, is E.T. showing me what depression actually looks like? Yes, he can just turn it all off in their (laughs) alien culture. Depression just kills you. It's bizarre. It's a weird choice, isn't it? But Elliot touches his heart, and that just that just brings him back. And I love that. I love that Elliot can just touch his heart, and E.T. comes back. And then they manage to, like, do the whole get him in a bike, cycle, fly through the air, get him home, get the mothership there, off he goes. Nice ending for E.T. This is... <laughs> Did you want me to describe that? That's that's the film in a nutshell. No, I mean, for God's sake. Like, for me, the best thing that came out of this movie was Reese's Pieces. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right, so I've written an alternate ending. It's terrible. <laughs> but I bet it's not. Fucking here we go. <laughs> okay, so a lot of my ending... Not a lot. Some of my ending depends on the remaster that Spielberg did. Where he okay. took all of the guns out of everybody's hands and replaced them with walkie-talkies. Which is a weird <laughs> choice because you see guys just clearly like brandishing like a assault rifle. But suddenly their hand in the air is empty and their right, like their right hand is holding a walkie-talkie. It's bizarre. <laughs> Alright, so without any further ado, I'll get to my garbage ending. <laughs> Elliot was terrified. Bullets whizzing past his head from the walkie-talkies shooting behind him. (laughs) The U.S. government means business. As they approached a roadblock, their bikes were lifted into the air. Upon landing in the clearing near the spacecraft, Michael and Gert said their goodbyes. Coming to Elliot, E.T. said, I'll be right here. His illuminated finger outstretched to touch Elliot's forehead. As the alien's finger touched his head, Elliot collapsed. Elliot awoke, confused, alone. He was in his home, almost. Everything was as it was, except one wall of the house was a glass wall. Terrified, he pounded on the glass wall, screaming for anyone. His Telosian keepers approached the glass, their giant brains pulsating like giant testicles atop their heads. They sent (laughs) Elliot the telepathic message. That will do, pig. Basically, Elliot ends up in the pilot of Star Trek, <laughs> in the glass menagerie. So, we're, we are two for two with the babes, we are two for two with the Star Trek references, and I'm officially the world's biggest nerd. <laughs> Way better than my ending. No, I love for the fuck's fact sake. That they shoot. I have... I that they shoot with walkie talkies <laughs> how dare you say that about my bullshit I threw together I was just like alright two for two can I go Star Trek twice in a row ugh I'm just everybody's gonna hate this let's let's make with the good endings Tracy get to yours 
<laughs> oh, mine's not good. Oh, the ones been up, the ones submitted, they're good. I think you should go for three for three. I challenge you. Aren't we doing Splash next? Three for three. So I got to figure out how to make Splash into a Star Trek ending? You started it. Oh, my God. I can't do that without doing the voyage home again. <laughs> it would be Tom Hanks coming up with... <laughs> or Daryl Hannah. You're going to have to just figure it out. Don't be giving the ending away here. That's for next show. <laughs> All right. Let's hear yours. Well, I feel, because like everyone writes these amazing endings, and then I don't feel like John Candy, because I'm not funny like John Candy, but there was always these SCTV meetings, and they used to say everyone would like, stay up all night writing, and then John Candy would turn up with an idea on a napkin. And I always feel like I come with an idea on a napkin. <laughs> that's good. So I'm sorry. No, that's the best. <laughs> so basically, I go back to where E.T. dies from depression and, and Elliot touches his heart and brings him back to life and then they make the run for it and E.T.'s family show up but he decides because Elliot's just saved his life he's got all these adventures back on earth that he could be having and he kind of looks at his mum and dad and has a bit of a conversation decides he's actually after all this going to stay on earth but of course at this stage everybody knows that um, you know E.T. is an alien there's an alien in town and he knew life was going to be hard, but he thought he would work it out. He would build some bridge, some intergalactic relations, you know, because everyone knows that aliens are out there now. He's going to have to stay and do a bit of work. And he turned into a real celebrity. So the so, government is totally cool with him. They're just like, yeah, he's an alien. He's all right. Yeah, because the, the public, as soon as the public are aware of it and Elliot speaks up, it's like one of those moments where there's like angry mobs. Everybody wants to get the alien. And then when they realize actually he's just like one of us, everyone eases off and he can just walk about town with his flat cap on. Okay, <laughs> so when did when did E.T. come out? <laughs> 1982. So 82, we're like gay rights. No, thank you. But, you know, there's an alien. <laughs> he's totally one of us. He's all right, guys. <laughs> It's movie land. <laughs> Women's <doesn't>... rights. <laughs> Wear some shoulder pads, honey. Come to work. I'll give you a nice slap on the ass if you're doing a good job. But alien, welcome to the boys club. <laughs> <laughs> it's movie land. It's Tracy's head. It makes sense. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> so he's a real celebrity now. <laughs> and so he, he needs an agent. So he gets his agent called Sharky McGeorge. Here you go again. You write character names. You have, what, tell me, tell me Sharky's backstory, please. I know you have it. He kind of grew up like in in the Bronx. <laughs> his, his dad wasn't around. He had to try and help his mum out as much as he could. <laughs> he. He basically had to wheel and deal quite a bit as well, you know, to, to to bring in income from the family. He's a bit like a Johnny LaRue character, but <laughs> you're laughing at me. Okay, so Sharky McGeorge. Let's go I'm back to just laughing because you put backstory to your characters. <laughs> this is now two weeks in a row. I shit out a couple of paragraphs and you're like, so much better than mine. Here we go. So... <laughs> Magello is a boy growing up on the streets of Morocco. Like you just, <laughs> I just, <laughs> you write character names. You have backstory. It's beautiful. <laughs> so, 
So Sharky basically manages his time. And as time went on with all the TV interviews and press and personal appearances that Sharky was booking for him, um, he kind of wanted to make more and more money because basically E.T. was the lottery win that he'd been waiting for. So he wanted to exploit this. So he started making decisions between Elliot and his family's back because up until that stage, they'd had a say in it. And he was like, E.T., I've got this. You know, we can make them lots of money. Trust me. And you, you can, like, buy them a nice home. You can do all this. Just don't tell them about it. It'll be a nice surprise. E.T. goes along with it. So they start off with merchandise, nothing too crazy, you know, sort of baseball caps, T-shirts, pens and sweets. And then Sharky being Sharky realizes that there's a whole other market that he could tap into, which is the sex industry. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> hang on. We got a nice pause here. <laughs> He doesn't get E.T. into porn. It's okay. You do with your characters. (laughs) Like an abnormal level of backstory. (laughs) It's insane to me. Where you're like, remember what George Lucas did with the prequels where it's like, let's show every character's childhood. You have done that with your alternate endings. Like, all right, we got to make sure we know where this guy's coming from. I fucking love it. <laughs> so, so let's get it straight. E.T. does not go into porn. But if you Thank remember... God. E. But, <laughs> but have you seen there is an E.T. porn that was made around that no. time? What's it, what's it called? I do not know the name, and it's foreign, and it's fucked up. But Google search, everybody. It's out there. It's weird. And I thought I ruined E.T. for me. No, That's not at all. <laughs> Look at your face. I, I want you to watch it right now and just record your reaction. <laughs> E.T.'s e. finger, kind of bumpy, kind of long. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so. Oh, God. <laughs> I want... <laughs> Should I cover my ears or my eyes? <laughs> Do both. In Sharpie's head, basically, he, he has you know, a few chats with a few people in the industry and they come up with this sex toy called E.T.'s Finger. And basically, E.T.'s Finger, the the whole tagline is an experience out of this world. Copyright, alternate (laughs) endings, 2016. (laughs) E.T.'s Finger is going to fucking sell because that thing is bulbous on the end. That, I mean, (laughs) that's a seller. That's a winner. The strap line I have to credit to my friend Erica. <laughs> the experience about this world, that was all her. <laughs> Bless her. So, so this goes really well. So, like, all of a sudden, um, E.T.'s family aren't quite aware of it because they don't really tend to uh, advertise sex toys on TV or in magazines as such, especially back in the 80s. So it's only really anyone who's in, in into that sort of stuff that would, would find out about E.T.'s finger. So that secret's quite well held for a little bit. And then, I just picture the, the ad that's just like the E.T.'s finger up to somebody's lips. Like, shh. <laughs> this big dick finger. Shh. <laughs> we should say that you're actually holding the E.T.'s finger up to your mouth lips right. at this stage because people can't see you. I know. <laughs> E.T. has a secret. <laughs> it's just a dick finger. <laughs> so then Sharky goes, "Oh my god, this is this is amazing. This is like, what else can we do? Well, this so is amazing. Like, <laughs> this is selling great, or this feels amazing." Oh no, selling great. Okay, so, okay. I don't know. I didn't get into that part of Sharky. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so it's selling great. People like the product. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's feeling great then as well, if it's selling well. I presume so. Or maybe it's just a novelty factor. I mean, like, I could imagine one of my male friends buy me one for my 30th birthday or something just as a joke, you know, just because they thought it was funny. But, yeah, so anyway, E.T.'s healing finger. He's thinking, how else can I exploit this finger? Does and it of light course, up it's, at the end? It lights up at the end. <laughs> That's just weird. <laughs> Away from the sex toy, back to E.T.'s actual finger. This is going to come up over and over again. (laughs) Back to E.T.'s actual finger that can heal things. So he goes, wow. So, you know, really, E.T., he could have gone into A&E. He could be healing people's wounds as they come in. It'd be saving a lot of time. But he decides, no, there's no money in that. So he actually opens a clinic for E.T.'s finger, called Hymen's R Us, where E.T. turns into a Hymen healer, <laughs> which is big in those people who want to be like born-again virgins, for women who just want to give their man a treat, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Is that a treat? The wedding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know that that's a treat. I don't know. Some men might think it anyway. So this is like E.T.'s Hymen Healers R Us controversial clinic. But E.T. doesn't realise that he's doing anything wrong because he doesn't feel any sort of sexual urges. He just thinks he's making people happy. He can just see that. So for a while, it all goes okay, and they really cash in. And then it all turns against him, basically. And the bad press starts happening. People come out with awful stories about E.T. that haven't really happened, but they're just like trying to cause some controversy and make some money. First and of all, all, first of all... Uh, Anybody who enters that establishment, I'm just going to fucking arrest. Like, just, like, if if you're showing up at that establishment, like, this is my daughter, make this <laughs> fixed, uh, uh, you're getting arrested, uh, bro. Like, whoever is bringing anybody in there, just like, hey, can you fix this? I made a mistake. You're getting arrested. This is a problem, right? Like, E.T. <laughs> ET is aiding and abetting criminals at this point. If you are repairing hymens, you are covering up evidence. <laughs> right? It's not good. It's not good. No. There is nothing good that happens where, like, I can fix your hymen. It would just be a never-ending line of dudes from Kentucky. There with <laughs> Sorry, Kentucky. <laughs> it's not... I don't mean that, Kentucky. I just went for... <laughs> there's, there's great people in Kentucky. I don't mean that one bit, but like it's going to be just a line of just like the world's creepiest people. <laughs> Good God, Tracy. Every I'm time so every time you're like, oh, my ending's going to suck. Your two paragraphs are the best. And then you just hit me with this fucking gut-busting shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you could do a to catch a predator style show just at et's hymen repair shop <laughs> does he have one of those awesome fucking roller things where he rolls around on his back <laughs> it's like a piano mover he lays on I take tits to one place and then you just take it to a whole other. It's like, this is dark in my head and yours is much darker. Does he say his catchphrase every time? I'll be right here. 
<laughs> just to imagine E.T.'s glowing finger being dipped into like a jar of KY jelly grosses me out to no end. See, I didn't think that far. Well, I didn't, I, when, I didn't, you, when you think about the details, it gets pretty fucked up. Just him just like, Bleh, I'll be right here. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've really ruined E.T. I've really ruined it. In my head, this was just funny. It's not, it's not funny. You made it so much better for me. I now love <laughs> E.T. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so basically those angry mobs that were against him initially that came round, because of all these stories and because of all this controversy, <laughs> they they all be in their heads again. And uh, and basically E.T.'s in a whole lot of shit. Oh, fuck yeah. like, I don't I don't know what to do. You got yourself in this mess. So they end up having to ring home. He has to ring his parents and say, Mum, Dad, I messed up, can I come home? I'm a sex offender here. It's fucked up. (laughs) And then cue back to the original ending where they have to escape all the angry mobs and the angry mobs instead of government, but angry mobs. And and the mothership comes down and E.T. tries to say to Elliot, I'll be right here and touch his head. But Elliot knows where that finger's been, so he kind of just swerves and goes, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I understand. Here's a flower. To remember me by. And, uh, be, E.T. reaches out his <laughs> finger and instead Elliot just smells it. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh, it just smells and shakes his head. No, like, no thanks. Get on that ship. He just gives him the shoe motion. <laughs> like, get out of here, weirdo. <laughs> It's knowing you, but it's time. It's time to go. So that's it. And then he waddles up, and his mum just tucks at him and nods to get it, get in the chip. And his dad just gives him a whack over the back of the head as he walks through, and, and that's it. His dad Spaceship should off. give him a high five and then smell his <laughs> finger. <laughs> and, and that's it. And end up. But they did do another one where he dies outside the Viper Rooms. And another one is where Elliot goes with him so we can have E.T. too, where they come back and they have adventures. Mine has Elliot sort of going with him and then being sold to uh, Telosian slavers from the pilot episode of of Star Trek. (laughs) Nobody's going to get that. That's the stupidest ending ever. I like it. Your ending rules. (sighs) I ruined E.T. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. (laughs) All right, guys. So our first submission is from our friends over at the Faces and Aces LV pod, which is a fantastic podcast. Tracy, I don't know if you've heard it yet. I'm listening this weekend. Is it good? It's good. It's it's fantastic quality and... uh, uh, it's just a, a great format. I guess they're changing the format around a little bit. So they kind of do like a – they do a discussion with a guy that works in Las Vegas and then yeah. sort of Las Vegas stories. It's a great podcast, but uh, – uh, I'm going to check it out. This yeah. weekend, it's, it's first on my list. I mean, it's no alternate endings, but <laughs> – You can't say that. <laughs> so they are at Faces and Aces LV. E.T. and Elliot hug goodbye in a touching farewell as his family lovingly looks on from a distance. E.T. lights up his finger 
So, yeah, I, so when he lights up a cigar, I picture him like scraping it on his ass, like old fashioned <laughs> cowboy style, like lighting a match, like shh. <laughs> I've so ruined this for people. <laughs> he lights up his finger and touches Elliot's forehead, saying, "Smell this." <laughs> okay. And touches Elliot's forehead, saying, "I'll be right here." Is that a good ET impression? It's, it's as good as it gets. I heard that the lady who did that voice smoked like two packs of cigarettes a day. It was a lady. It was a lady, and she was just like fucked up from smoking. <laughs> I feel like like I can gauge my health by how close I can get to ET. So like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Let's gauge my health really quick. Tracy, close your eyes. Tell me if I sound ET. I'll be right here. It was like he was kind of in the room. Oh, no. That means I'm like an 8 out of 10 on the sickness scale. <laughs> I'm like two days away from cancer. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Back to the ending. E.T. turns, boards his spaceship, and the Asogians? A-S-O-G-I-A-N-S. I'd say Asogians. The Asogians leave Earth. Yes, they are called Asogians. Please check it out at the Star Wars Wiki. <laughs> and he leaves a link, which is fantastic. Just as the Asogian ship is about to break atmosphere, a Predator ship decloaks and fires on the apparently helpless Asogian craft. What the Predators don't know is that they fired on an Asogian warship, which is often mistaken for the Asogian diplomat transport. Common mistake. I love that it's a common mistake. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're all supposed to know all of these references. It's so it's so fucking deep. <laughs> on the Associates war vessel, E.T. shouts, Unleash hell on those goddamn predators. <laughs> Remarkably, he manages to sound a lot like Charlton Heston. <laughs> ah. Only shell on those goddamn predators. <laughs> the predator In this ship. Podcast, you should just be doing like voiceovers, no, voice doubles. How do you always think I'm a VO actor? I'm shit at it. I hear back <laughs> on the podcast, I'm the worst. I'm sure that's the worst Charlton Heston ever. Like, ah, I don't know. I know like a couple of cues. Like. <laughs> The Predator ship is torn open by a barrage of missiles, and the ship comes crashing to the Earth, releasing the menagerie of aliens that it had been collecting for hundreds of years. Cloverfield aliens, Starship Trooper aliens, aliens aliens, and <laughs> Mac and me all come spilling out of the ship. Fuck yes. Can you imagine an alien alien sitting next to Mac and me, just having a chat? I gotta tell you, I like Mac and me a whole hell of a lot more than I like E.T. even. See, <laughs> Elliot yells, we've got to get out of here. When suddenly there's movement on his chest under his shirt. <laughs> Elliot's shirt starts to push away from his body as it appears that something is beginning to protrude from his chest. He screams in agony and rips his shirt open, Superman style, to reveal Quado. Yes, the same Total Recall Quado. 
E.T. <laughs> e. impregnated Elliot with his quato when he touched his forehead with his glowy finger. Quata. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it reminds me, I want him to be like, say, hello, my honey, hello, my sweetheart, hello, my ragtime. <laughs> quato shouts over all the chaos, to the beam up, and the Asagonian <laughs> ship teleports them aboard, and they fly away into the night sky. Cue the John Williams score. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is badass. I fucking love this. Faces <laughs> and Aces LV are awesome. It's hilarious. It is a great show, too. If you get a chance to listen. I've only listened to one so far, but I, I've liked it a lot. It's it's great and it's awesome quality. But... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Faces and Aces so far. Number two, right behind yours, Tracy. Oh, no. They are well above the Hyman Healer. <laughs> no. Hyman Healer is hard to beat. Yours <laughs> is pretty gross. <laughs> They'll be all like these people that go, really? That, that's Tracy Morgan? She's so sweet. <laughs> what goes on in that head? Just, I've just ruined it for everybody. You know that author? You want to hear talk about vaginas for an hour and a half with their friends? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, I... gotta, you gotta give me a second. I gotta let okay. her and crack a beer and stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking shit. This is the best podcast ever. So our next uh, submission is from um, at Amanda the Hoser. Yeah, one of my favourites. Oh, I love her. If you've never, ever checked out her Twitter, go at Amanda the Hoser. She is hilarious. She is just a super talent just she's, waiting to happen. She's adorable. I love her to death. She's so funny and, like, super creative. She does these, like, little movies and little recreations of movie scenes it's just it's great she's the best i love her so much she's so good she's done a valentine's short actually that everyone should go and have a look at for valentine's day it's so sweet have i not so seen that yet is that, is that something we talked about or is that a new one no no i think you would have seen it i think it was the, the latest one will you be my valentine or i will, I will not be your valentine or she wears a, a super gorgeous she's so cute as well her dress oh my god and she's just she is. She's super creative. I could see her being really big. Bless her. So Amanda the hoser. She's a hoser, eh? I don't know. I don't know. Um, the other day she sent me a thing about they're doing a Harold Ramis film school at Second yes. City. Yes. And she's perfect for that. She needs to go there. Absolutely. She's a brilliant, like, like comedic, like silly, funny mind to just... She's also very sweet and innocent, but still funny. It's she's what I wish I could be. I can't be funny without being vulgar. I, I, I mean, fuck flies out of my mouth like air flies into my nose. It just happens. <laughs> so I'm jealous of people like Amanda because she's funny without being that. But she is fantastic. I've never known a kid that young to have it so together. I know, and she's just so well researched in everything. In terms of like, she loves SCTV. She's she's a young like a young lady. She most people have never even heard of SCTV at my age. You know, over right. in the UK, and she's just into everything. She loves Rick Moranis. 
and you can kind of see that in her in her style but she's got her own style as well but he was kind of always quite a sweet but really funny and he could sort of turn turn it on a, a penny sort of you know make you laugh make you cry i think she's that's, got that that's sort of brilliant you know the, that sweet innocent sort of comedy I, I uh, she's got that, but I admire that. I just I don't have that in me. I don't, I don't have a sweet innocent bone left in my body. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> anyway, I love you, Amanda. You're the best. Thank you. We so love much. you, Amanda. Thanks for submitting. I'll be right here. <laughs> I can't do it. You do it for me. I'll be. <laughs> let me let me take a drag from a cigarette first. See if it helps. <laughs> I'll be right here. <laughs> I'm leaving that. I'm leaving that in. Don't smoke okay. it. <laughs> Et said as he pointed his spindly, glowing finger at Elliot's forehead. But instead of picking up the flower pots, Et uses telekinesis to lift Elliot and send him into the spaceship. Elliot was startled to say the least, but the tears had been flowing down his cheeks moments before um, were already drying. Hey, what the hell? You can't just take my brother like that, Michael shouted after the small wrinkly alien that shuffled into the spaceship. Everyone was suddenly in a state of panic as the spaceship revved up and shot into the sky, leaving a rainbow beam in its wake. The crowd in the cool, dark forest shared a confused and almost desperate silence as they exchanged glances. Elliot's mum was in total shock. Where the heck had her son just been taken to? Meanwhile, back on the ship, Elliot was being treated like a king. No, really. They'd even put a Burger King paper crown on his head. I love that. I, I love do. That. I love it so much. <laughs> it's just like, well, on your planet, this is a king. <laughs> <laughs> love it so much. All of the little E.T.-like aliens were waiting on him, offering intergalactic delicious, or I can't even say intergalactic dishes such as quitch lork, yeepazak torkits, and oh yeah, even pickled beef. Tons. I, lo- Just- I also love that she she goes full on Dr. Seuss and, <laughs> yeah. and, and writes names for her different like products they serve him. <laughs> yeah, I mean that takes a special kind of writer to like come up with dish names. I gotta say she came up with this in like. Under 30 minutes, too. We asked her submit to submit, and it was there. It was just, wow. like, she was super fast with this. This is just straight out of her brain to us, and it's fantastic. She is. She's just like Rick Moranis, John Candy, Gene Wilder. If Mel Brooks met her, he would love her. He would say that she could do comedy Delate, and she can. She's just I... the way I think she can too. She has like a weird, like uh, perfect comedy brain. I think. I mean the the speed in which I got this like blew me away. Where I was like, uh, this Rod's got it. Like just just let her do do a Marvel movie. She'll be fine. Anyway, back to intergalactic dishes such as quipped schlorp. Oh my god, there's even it's... more, Amanda. No, 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 no. no we're gonna... <laughs> cool it on the intergalactic dishes. <laughs> oh, all right oh, this, yeah. for your spec script you're writing for marvel <laughs> just kind of like maybe one one or two <laughs> and oh yeah even pickle tongue just in case elliot kept kosher they didn't talk about it amazing <laughs> i 
fucking love that so much. She's <laughs> she's culturally sensitive. I fucking love that so much. <laughs> then some cheap sounding synthesizer music begins to play, and E.T. brought a chain of paper clips and bestowed it upon his dear friend, who was trying to process the whole thing. For me. Elliot asked incredulously, and E.T. made a sound of approval and gave a little smile. Then the synthesizer music picked up, and the camera panned quickly to none other than Merv Griffin, the culprit behind this awful synthesizer music. But the aliens started dancing away, and Elliot joined in since there was pretty much nothing better to do. Soon enough, the spaceship landed on a planet that was pretty much made of entirely soggy green sponges. When the door opened, their aliens hobbled out of their spacecraft and Elliot joined them. They left Merv behind because he was too busy playing that damn synthesizer. The aliens and Elliot looked around in confusion and they hadn't meant to land here. Where were they? Just then, there were some rip-off Star Wars laser beam sounds heard off screen. Elliot turned around quickly and squinted up in the dark, star-speckled sky. It was none other than Michael Jackson in his portrayal of Captain EO from that old 4D attraction at Epcot. (laughs) (laughs) I love Captain EO. Do you? I do. Have you seen Captain EO? No. No, you don't have it over there, do you? I am ashamed. I am ashamed. Oh, I'm goodness. sorry. Are we Tell YouTube? your ancestors they should have came over on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You can check it out on YouTube. Captain EO is fantastic. The music is I, so good. I will. I'll have a look. I'll have a look after this. So it was none other than Michael Jackson in his portrayal of Captain EO from that old 4D attraction at Epcot. Cut to Captain EO and his awfully dysfunctional crew. Okay, Huto, let's lock in on that spot to land, Captain EO said in that soft voice. Oh, do I have to do it like Michael Jackson? (laughs) Let's lock in to spot to land, Captain EO said in his soft voice. Huto, (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Michael Jackson is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> we're ruining her ending we're ruining her ending we need to <laughs> I need to get through <laughs> get serious Tracy come on this is a professional podcast my for poker, fuck's sake my poker, face, my poker face sorry Amanda so Huta arguably one of the most inept member of the entire crew locked in right on E.T. spaceship okay captain the little elephant like alien quipped bringing the spaceship to a rough landing right on top of E.T.'s ship well needless to say E.T.'s ship was destroyed and after crashing sounds from that awful landing there was a silence until Captain E.O. shouted what did he shout? Hooter! <laughs> he pointed that that was your cue oh, I can't see you're pointing your Skype camera <laughs> is my finger not as E.T. like <laughs> so just as he had 17 or more times in the original attraction EO and his gang climbed out of the ship only to be met by an irate mob of small brown aliens normally they were peaceful but oh they were on a strange planet and now their ship was destroyed even Merv couldn't have survived that well wouldn't you be mad the boy adjusted the paper crown with humble pride. <laughs> He's still think... wearing it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're dancing your way out of this one, sir. Elliot said respectfully, looking EO right in the eye. And suddenly Elliot woke up to the sound of his alarm clock. He pressed the off button and climbed out of bed. And the entire film of E.T. had been nothing more than just a dream. I love that ending. I sort of wish that instead of Elliot waking up in bed, it would have been Bob Newhart waking up in bed. 
bought new well, do you remember he did uh, uh, the New Heart show? He did one show, and then it ended. And then the second show he did, and when it ended, he ended it with his first wife. Oh, okay. Of, you know, yeah, his first wife. He woke up in bed, and it was his wife from the first show. But I just, whenever I think of an ending, I think that's the perfect ending. Just Bob Newhart <laughs> wakes up in bed with his first wife, just like, what a dream. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, so I have a submission from Peter, my brother. I do Popcorn with Candy with him. If you're a fan of John Candy movies, check out Popcorn with Candy. Uh, we talk about John Candy movies. Uh, Who is not a fan of John Candy? Uh, weirdos, I guess. <laughs> Big weirdos. I would never trust. I would never trust anyone who is not a fan of John Candy. So Peter sent me one via text message. Elliot and E.T. get into the woods. Centauri arrives in his stainless steel space car after explaining how E.T. was placed on the Earth to help locate the last star biker. Elliot is taken on an adventure to fight off the Kodan Armada and save the universe. After defeating the enemy, Elliot returns to Earth a hero. With the war <laughs> over, the E.T. recruiter is sequestered to live in a quiet life until a new star biker needs to be trained. He's such a kid of the 80s, isn't he? <laughs> Fans <laughs> of The Last Starfighter are loving that shit right now. There's like four of them who are <laughs> applauding us. They're giving us standing ovations even though it's a podcast. <laughs> I love Peter so much. Thank you, Peter. I love him more than you. He's my brother. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I still love him an awful lot Brotherly love Do you know what If if I know anybody's going to get that as well It will be my own brother Yeah My own brother Dave He will so get that <laughs> Okay so our next submission Is from a guy called Stephen Who's at Midnight Smoke One So you go follow him on Twitter At Midnight Smoke One And he has gone all out This is This is a long ending it's and, really good. Uh, he's also part of a great podcast called the uh, Mr. BS Podcast. Okay. I'm going to have to check that one out this weekend as well then. Yeah, it's good. They're funny. So are you ready? I hope I don't mess this up for you. Midnight smoke one. <laughs> she does. You know, it's it's part of the joy, right? I mean, just <laughs> submit, have Tracy fuck it up for you. I mean, it's usually me fucking shit up, so... We're going to get requests. There's a submit form now so that you can submit on popcornwith.com. So if you want to submit an ending, you can do it that way. But we're going to get requests that go, please let OC read it. Don't let Tracy do it. She just messes it up. As Elliot and the extraterrestrial landed with the bicycle safely on the ground, they were able to evade their pursuers. Off in the distance, Elliot noticed a large chrome aircraft closing distance to their location, then touching down on a few hundred yards before them. An access bay opened, exposing the internal lighting, and a ramp emerged from within, extending to the cold earth. Three figures emerged from the now inactive spacecraft, all of which looked similar to E.T. himself. As the three life forms approached Elliot, felt relief fill him, knowing his friend will finally be able to go home unharmed. The aliens came down to the two new friends and escorted them both uh, to the aboard the vessel. 
Now, excitement and adrenaline rushed through the young boy's body, excited by all the unfamiliar devices surrounding him. Elliot didn't realise he was actually being captured himself. The aliens lead E.T. to a chamber across from the main control panel that seemed to be pilot the craft and restrained him. Elliot was confused and started to panic, but suddenly was overwhelmed with extreme relaxation and one of the beings stabbed a tiny metal rod into his back. Elliot fell to the floor and was carried to a metallic table across from where his friend could see him. This is the stuff of nightmares. It is. This is fire this in is the, the sky. Stuff of <laughs> and I thought I'd ruined ET. <laughs> no. This isn't ruining it. It's just like wow. This is no longer PG. <laughs> the spacecraft was now hovering over the small town that imprisoned their comrade, and a loud humming sound can be heard echoing from it. The people of the town waking up to the odd sounds looked out the windows and doors to discover the ship floating above. All the people were stunned with disbelief and awe and the ship started to slowly spin in midair. Elliot awoke from his forced slumber, bound to the metallic table and having sensations of pricks of pain shooting throughout his body. He was unable to move his head to see anything lower than his chin, but knew he was mistaken by the prospect that the rest of these aliens would be as friendly as E.T. The table's mechanics turned and raised it and Elliot uh, vertically so that he could see, is able to see out the main viewing glass of the aircraft. Aliens on board made strange sounds and then started to press buttons on the control panel. Suddenly, bright flashes were illuminating the window that Elliot was staring out of. The people below were slightly panicked when the lights started to grow from the UFO, but all became still as the beams blasted through the town, frying every living creature. Trees were uprooted, houses collapsed, and vehicles were turned over. Nothing was left alive in the wake of the angered species that had one of their own taken against his will. The frightened boy screamed, knowing that everyone he was ever acquainted with is no more. An alien that was at the control panel turned to look at Elliot and then began to walk to E.T., holding a small device connected to the containment that he was restrained in. Communicating back and forth, the lead alien turned back to Elliot and approached him, unlocking the restraint around his neck. The young boy looked down in severe pain, noticing that he'd been opened up in a surgical manner with the majority of his organs exposed. Fades to screen, external view of ship, the spacecraft ending its slow spinning, then hovers out into the distance to head back home. Man, it is. I'm going to dream about this tonight. Well... Open in my sleep. It's a really good ending, but so dark. Yeah, Stephen, way to fucking end this on a bummer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking ruined it for everybody. <laughs> it's a great ending. It's, it's an amazing it's ending. It's so well written, but it's just like such a fucking downer. Like, just Elliot's just going to be fucking gross entrails and just like, ugh. I think it's great. I think it's dark and it's great. And I think he needs to write a movie where it ends like that because it's an awesome ending. Hey, it but, is oh, a good God, ending. I it's, thought it's I had ruined so E.T. This ruined E.T. I'm nightmares. <laughs> Rewatching E.T. ruined E.T. for me. <laughs> it did. Yeah, but you don't like space balls, you know. Come on. Oh, my God. So you're going to hold that against me? Always. Oh, my goodness. I'm joking. Well, it's one fine. day, alternate endings, space balls, and <laughs> mine is going to include a Kirk time warp where they go back in time to stop space balls from happening. <laughs> and when they manage it, they'll say, that'll do, pig. That'll yes, do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what are we doing next week? You want to do Splash? I, lo- I love Splash. I fucking I hate Splash. the ending so much. Then you can make it right. You can make this all right. Yeah. I love Splash. I don't think it's as classic as a movie. It should be, but it's not. But it's not as well known as E.T. or King Kong. But it's, I mean, everyone who grew up in the 80s will have known Splash. And just John Candy and Tom Hanks' brothers were just perfect in it. Yeah. Daryl Hannah. I love that movie. I'm going to have a hard time changing the ending. I am. You're going to have, like, so you like a movie that ends with, like, who knows? Let's see what happens. Right? I guess it can go anywhere. I'm sad. I'm sad for Freddie. I'm sad for Freddie, John Candy's character. But, yeah, we can take it anywhere so we can make it right. We can make it better. We have to do this because (laughs) this is going to end up in our first, like, fight. It's going to be like an hour-long fight on the podcast about (laughs) goddamn Splash. (laughs) It's got everything in there. Romance, mermaids. It's it's going to be a good one to do, I think. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, if you want to submit to the show, go to popcornwith.com. There's a submit button now. We're going to click there, and you'll fill in your information. You'll click submit, and it gets sent to me, and I read it over, and our favorites will get shared here on the show. And I'm super glad you guys submitted to be part of the ET show. Uh, it means a lot to us. I'm I'm happy to read your submissions. And I'm having a lot of fun, aren't you? I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope other people find us as funny as we find ourselves. I, so I, I certainly <laughs> hope so. Otherwise, it's just like, this guy needs committed. This woman needs far away from this guy. Uh, so, guys, <laughs> next week is going to be Splash, I guess. It'll be a good one. It'll be great. Submit your endings. I would actually love to see how Amanda the Hoser would end Splash because I think it would be a really sweet ending. Uh, I yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting. She's 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 a weird one, so I'm looking forward. I hope she submits her Splash. <laughs> um, can we also say thanks to Gary for creating our logo? And if you want to follow Gary, he's an awesome designer on Twitter. It's at underscore horse, as in clip clop horse, of course. Yeah, <laughs> horse, underscore. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> at underscore horse underscore. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say next time I bet on the ponies in Vegas. I'll be like, $5 on the number two clip clop horse. <laughs> and again, we're back to Dr. Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> and people can follow you at Octopus Pay. Get Octopus. I can't even say Octopus Pay. Man. Who gives a shit? Octopus I mean, whatever. Caveman. Yeah. Uh-huh. At, at Octopus Caveman, if you feel like buying some music or listening to some music, do, do that. I mean, who Se- gives a shit? Seriously, do it. He's, he he never puts himself enough. He's awesome. He also does getting fucked up with Octopus Caveman podcast, which is ace. Popcorn with Candy, which is ace. He's a great musician. Really funny. Follow him on Twitter, Octopus Caveman. And if you feel so inclined, I'm at Tracy Mixbag, but I'm not as important. Oh, yeah. So let's plug each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We do more than this. We're, we're serious, normal professionals. <laughs> <laughs> at least this is falling apart at the end this time 
we we're kind of grown ups, kind of. <laughs> Tracy is my favorite person in the world, and <laughs> <laughs> if you laugh, I can't give get anything serious out. For God's sake, I'm I'm trying to say something sweet. God damn it! <laughs> Shut up, woman. Let me love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you, Tracy. You're at Tracy Mixed Bag, and you are writing the wonderful new John Candy biography called Searching for Candy. Read searchingforcandy.blogspat. Read or blog splat. Something blog splat. I just became an old man. HTTP forward slash forward slash. Yes. Fuck. I'm going to ruin this. It's really late over there. It's really early over here. Goodness. I see the sun rising and I just see my hangover getting worse and worse. Searching for candy dot blogspot. Dot com. Do you know you can just say searchingforcandy.com? That goes there too. Does that make it easier for uh, you? It's, 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 it's a lie though. It's not real. You know? It is. <laughs> it is. Jesus Christ. Tracy, I plugged you on like 19 different podcasts. <laughs> And just now you're like, guess what? Gonna make your life easier. Don't have to say this I feel like I could tell you before. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. <laughs> Next week is splash, guys. Fuck it. Fuck you, Tracy. <laughs> All right, I love you guys. <laughs> not super in love with Tracy right now, but I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs>